This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Bowhunter podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about 4 No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding <laughs> getting ready for this deer to stand up. So. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me $33,000. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and it was like oh no it fired you know crap i knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for billy joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in Episode number 102 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Always here, well not always, sometimes, at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right here in the Buckatorium in lovely Sherrard, Illinois. Super happy to be here. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve, and boy, I'm I'm, I'm so happy to be here with you, Kurt and Eric. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Kurt here, as always, for 102. Actually, I've been here for 101 Technically, maybe oh, you missed one. Yeah, I missed one. I'm like uh, probably like 84, maybe. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I haven't missed. I don't think I missed that. Many, I'm at but. 101 and a half. Yeah, you did miss uh, like three quarters of one. <laughs> well, yeah, we're 102. We're on our way to 200. Yep. You know, that's the, away. Next, that's the next milestone for us. It's uh, man, it's it's super awesome. We we've gotten here, but you know, we we keep chugging along, and it's it's really helped out that uh, you know we've we've teamed up with a lot of awesome people. You know, HHA Sports. Go check those guys out. They're super good. HHASports.com. Um, love the sights. Got it on my new bow. Getting ready to sight it in. Can't wait to go shoot a deer with it, then take it down to Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing in Viola, Illinois. That whole family is awesome. And, man, I'm just I'm, I'm super excited, man. 
maybe you'll actually get some back straps this year, Steve. <laughs> I know, I know. We're, we're super close to deer season, and I'll tell you what, man, uh, just kind of going out working, um, Badlands Packs is super good, too. Uh, that pack that I got, man, I didn't – I. When you get a lifetime warranty with a pack like that, you can really use it to its full potential. And I'm telling you what, when you actually aren't afraid, you get a brand new pack, throw it on the ground, you know. Well, you're just that, using that, it. As, use yeah, it. That's intended. true. I mean, when you buy something new, you're like real gentle with it and careful. Yeah, you with normally this, baby it for like yeah. a little while, and then you're just like, yeah, yeah it's yeah, whatever. whatever. But you don't have to worry about it with Badlands or nope. HHA and Smith doesn't really offer a warranty because once you eat it, it's gone. You can't, <laughs> can't get it back after that. Yeah, right. I would hope so. I hope they wouldn't put a two-year warranty on their uh... <laughs> a freezer burn warranty. You better yeah. be eating it quicker than that, boys and girls. Um, but, but, yeah, with them, they've supported us, and we we love them all, and they've helped us out greatly over the last 100 episodes or so and or whenever they joined on. And We love um, them and their products. Yeah, very not true. Not just them. Very true. Um, yeah, things are getting fired up, man. People are starting to argue about broadheads again on Facebook. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> thanks for stirring that pot, Kurt. I made a nice post about um, what broadheads everyone is shooting on the podcast page on Facebook today, and I said in there, be nice to other people in the comments, and people were great. No one got in an argument. No I one loved, did. I really enjoyed awesome. reading that because you go through and like, oh, I'm shooting a muzzy, I'm shooting rage, I'm shooting ram. Idiot. I'm, yeah. No, but it was nice. Like, I'm shooting slick trick, this, and this is why. I've shot these for this long, and it was refreshing to see that without an argument. Everyone was respectable to everyone else's response. That's what it's all about, man. You know, you might hear somebody tell you about something that you might not have known. Like, um, uh, somebody mentioned Ramcat broadheads, and uh, I was just sitting there thinking. I'm like, dude, I know a lot of guys that went out there and shot them, and they're... they're, A lot of guys, man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and... It's one of those things that, you know, uh, we always say it's always word of mouth. Like, if somebody you know and trust use it, then you're like, okay, since you use it, then I'll try it. They're kind of under the radar, I would say. Like, a lot of people use them, but they don't get the respect they should. You know well, I mean? yeah, I guess it's it's growing, though. But the thing yeah. I did today on lunch, I was reading on that uh, that post on my lunch break, and I went through and, I you know, looked up what model someone commented on it and what brand. Went to the website looked them up because you know i'm always up for trying something new and if someone's saying hey it works this good this is my experience and i love it then i'm gonna check it out you know word of mouth is the most powerful thing in the hunting industry and um when it comes to buying products you know like you said if someone you know says it's good you're gonna check it out someone that you know and trust is like this product isn't so good then you're probably gonna steer away from it yeah until someone that else comes along is like Give it a shot. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> shoot what you like. Right, exactly. Whatever works for you, shoot it. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. A lot going on. Oh, yeah, and you know what? We're, uh, we're getting closer to hunting season, and, you know. Yeah, what are we, like, what, 24 days well, away? Well, it depends on when you listen to this well, episode. You might yeah. be listening yeah. to the tree oh, yeah. stand right now, and if we are, shh, there's that big buck right around the corner. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're super excited. This I like to say that this hunting season – 2016 will be brought to you by veterans because <laughs> you know hey without veterans yeah we might not have a hunting season and we always love to do the vet shout out but um something that we're super passionate about and they're getting the ball rolling uh check out the dark horse lodge um it's a peaceful retreat for combat veterans they're going to be putting it in and it, it man you know things are starting to move along you can donate if you want to donate you know send a donation they do paypal 
Check them out at uh, their website is darkhorselodge.org. They're on Facebook. Email them at mail at darkhorselodge.org. Um, go to Amazon, and if you're going to buy something, type in smile.amazon, and then go ahead and uh, select Dark Horse Lodge, and a, a portion of what you purchase. I like 5%, ain't it? I, I, like I think that. it's less than that, yeah. I mean, it's it's not anything that's going to cost you. It's right. better, yeah, it's it the doesn't same cost way. you any more. It's just part of your value goes to that charity of your choice. Yeah, so you know, Amazon's kind of hooking them up there. That like that's super cool. Check them out. Um, I think they might be on Instagram and things like that. But if I'm you can find sure. them on Facebook, if you have an Instagram, I'm guaranteeing you have a Facebook. So we ought to start linking those guys in the episode um, descriptions. I'll uh, I'll get all that information wrapped up and put it in, in the descriptions of every episode. That way, if you guys want to check it out, just go ahead and help support that. Anything that uh, helps and supports our veterans is definitely, and you you can't go wrong with it. And I mean, you'd be dumb not to if you're going to buy something on Amazon. You might as well do it through that where yeah. they can benefit from it, and it costs you nothing extra. So, um, On this episode, which I'm very excited about, David Lindsay from The Lindsay Way. Yes. We've been looking forward to this episode for a while now. Yeah. Uh, David and Jeff Lindsay are awesome. A lot of people know him from Dream Season, Drury Outdoors. Um, so we'll, we'll get him on and uh, get rolling with the episode. I didn't want to talk too much about it because that's what we we're about to do. We can't spoil it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, very exciting. Um, very um, honored to have David on the uh, on the podcast, and uh, maybe we'll learn a thing or two. Hey. All right, let's get him on here. All right, guys, with us as promised, and we have not let that promise down yet, uh, David Lindsay from the Lindsay Way on the Sportsman's Channel. David, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. How about you? Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, now that I'm talking to you, uh, man, I'll tell you what. Life uh, life couldn't get any better. <laughs> I heard that. I wake up every morning, and I can feel the fall coming in there, and it's just getting better every day. <laughs> it, it, it's so close right now to the season. It's crazy. We're We're over the hump of summer. Fall is coming, and everyone's getting excited again. And everyone's getting the itch. Bonfires and fall leaves. I know it. Everywhere I go, I start to see just, if I see one yellow tree or leaf in a tree, I get excited, especially this time of year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to because, you know, the rut's coming, hunting season's coming. It's hard to, like, I'm excited for opening day, but then I'm also, like, I almost have to stop myself. I look past it and look forward to the rut. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Slow it down. Slow it down. Enjoy it when it comes. You know, that's one thing. As I get older, I realize, you know, you don't get excited about some things as you do other, but the fall of the year is the same. You still got that excitement every year. It's like a little kid at Christmas. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, David, you know, for uh, for those of uh, our, for those listeners that are hearing your name and your name's ringing a bell, um, they're like, "Man, I know that name. Where do I know that guy? Tell us who you are." Uh, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm David Lindsay, of course. I uh, grew up in the south in Georgia. And about 03, uh, we started going to Iowa hunting and just kind of decided that, you know, we kind of missed our spot in life. So we pretty much moved to Iowa. And uh, since then, we've been, you know, chasing whitetails all over the southern part of the state you know and uh man it's just been a different way of life and i tried to learn to farm 
Uh, I still don't have that down yet, but I, <laughs> I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, I keep thinking buying better equipment, more expensive equipment to help me. And, of course, it hasn't really helped me that much. But uh, I'm, able to, I'm able to get my crops in, provided the good Lord gives me the rain, enough to, to feed the deer and all and, you know, get, get by. But we're just having a great time, man, you know, just living the life the good Lord gave us and being blessed every day. So that's a very humble answer, and uh, I, I can appreciate that. But uh, for all our listeners, um, you guys kind of made your name. You and your son made your name when you guys ended up on Dream Season, uh, Drury Outdoors Dream Season, which was the biggest thing in hunting in a long time. It was almost like the you know like the American Idol of of hunting. I mean, it was huge. That's a good way to put that. Actually, it was. Yeah, we uh, it kind of started for us in '06 when uh, we owned a farm in the eastern part of uh, the state of Iowa, and uh, our our house and I was there. And Mark Drury had some land for sale, and we went over there and we looked at it. And I was like, "There's no way we'd ever buy this." And it turned out that we did. We ended up selling some other farms we had. We moved over there and bought this center core of our farm that we have and our home is now, and we bought some parcels around it. And was able to, you know, put in a pretty good chunk, and then we lease some around it. And, uh, you know, really, when we bought the farm, we were, you know, we killed some deer in the Midwest, but never had a big piece that we could really manage. And we started just filming the first year, and uh, we showed Mark some of the deer and said, you know, what about these deer? Do you know them? And he's like, wow, guys, these, these are some nice deer. Y'all should be killing them. We said, well, we're just trying to take an inventory first mm-hmm. before we decided what deer we wanted to hunt, you know. And he's like, would y'all be interested in joining our team? So we kind of joined the team, and, you know, ever since then, we've just, you know, tried to work hard, we've hunted hard, and been blessed to be able to kill some awesome deer. And we did a, a Dream Season Celebrity where we hunted with Tim Sylvia that year, and to me that kind of broke the ice for us and helped us really, what I felt like, move ahead, sort of speak, in mm-hmm. you know, Dream Season. And ever since then, you know, we've just been competing with the other guys on there that are very competitive, just like Jeff and I are. And, you know, it's just really been fun. Yeah, speaking of, like, uh, competitive with dream season, you know, hunting alone with, you know, with not filming, there's a challenge for yourself to kill big animals or to be successful and, and, and be be successful successful on your hunt. What's it like to kind of be competitive not only against yourself mentally after an animal but to compete against like another team on the show um i would say you know that uh jeff and i are very competitive we're kind of not really competitive against each other i hope i'm answering your question right but um you know we're very competitive we're you know both ways but you know, Jeff, he'll give up a deer for me, and I will the same for him. But when we were on dream season and competing with the other guys, I mean, that competitiveness is hard. I mean, it'll really drive you. It'll drive you and make you hunt hard and just try to make you do the best that you could do. But one thing that Jeff and I would not do is that we would not sacrifice any of our young deer just to put them on video, you know, or just to get a kill on video. Mm-hmm. And if, if we won it, you know, or if we didn't, we never let that be a determining factor on what we did, you know. Even though we were competitive, our herd management 
and I love for the wildlife would always come first. I would say that's definitely definitely obvious in the deer you guys kill because I travel for work and I downloaded the uh, My Outdoor TV app on my iPad and I've been watching dream all the dream season seasons on there and every time I watch you guys, you guys are putting something big on the ground. You guys are usually on big deer and that comes with a lot of hard work, obviously. Um, but it's just cool to see you guys do that. You're like it seems like only killed monsters and you, because of that and your guys' personalities, don't tell the other guys this, but you guys were my, my favorite team on the show for sure. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Just don't tell everyone else that. I don't yeah. want, I don't, especially we know Tim Sylvia. Right. <laughs> Tim Sylvia has oh, yeah, been in this room and that guy, I, I don't want to make him mad. That dude is huge. <laughs> no, you do not want to make Tim Sylvia mad for real. What would be what would be your favorite moment from dream season if you had to pick just one? My favorite moment from dream season would probably been the one that really sticks into my mind the most would have been the afternoon that Jeff come up to me to pick me up out of a stand and he told me he killed bone crusher. Hmm. Um that was his biggest deer he had ever killed up to that time. And, you know, being a father, you want the best for your kids, and you always want to see your kids happy and successful. And, you know, to me, that really sticks out in my mind as one of my happiest moments. Very cool. Very cool. So even even if you took dream season out of that equation, that memory would still be there. Yes, sir, it would, and last a lifetime. That's awesome. It's just something. It's just something that, you know, you really you really want to happen, and then when it happens, it's like, wow, it's unreal. You know, um, I, I kind of want to get uh, get into this. You know, you guys went from dream season, and now um, you guys have transitioned to the Lindsay way. And, I mean, that's super cool. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot of times in the shows that do it where it's like a father and son duo, um, like the Fitzgeralds, how they do it. I mean – you know, and, and the things that you guys have, have done, you know, you moved out to Iowa, you know, a father and son, you know, building something, obviously being able to kill these deer. I mean, that's got to be the American dream for you. I mean, you know, what? Just doing what you love. Yeah. How how has that transition in life been? I mean, did you ever expect to to ever be doing what you're doing now? No, not really. I didn't. Um you know, it, 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 I guess it kind of started in Jeff's childhood. You know, all the kids that grow up and everybody that, you know, loved to watch deer die in the Midwest or people hunt deer in the Midwest. And he probably had every DVD Drury ever put out and, <laughs> and a lot of other people too. And you just grow, you know, you watch that stuff over the years and you never even think about, I mean, everybody probably has a dream. Well, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do this, but. You know, to see it all come in the full circle like it has, it's been, uh, it's really been amazing to me to be able to, you know, be a part of it over the years and just see it all happening. And I know it's really been a dream of Jeff's, probably more so than mine. And uh, he worked real hard to get it done. And, you know, timing was, timing was everything for us. I think going from jury, you know, to our own show like this and Mark and Terry and, and the whole group of people over there, I mean, they're just great people and, you know, leaving Drury Outdoors was very hard for us just because it was such a part of our life and had been for so long. It's, 
It wasn't something we really wanted to do, but we knew that if we were ever going to do a show, you know, I'm I'm not going to be able to do it a whole lot longer, but Jeff will, hopefully. And uh, it was a timing thing for us, and we just decided, you know, hey, if we're going to do it, we need to do it. So, you know, we just went and talked to Mark about it. He asked us to stay on one more year, and we did. And, you know, they give us a good push when we left Drury Outdoors, which I'm very thankful for on that, too. And, uh, you know, it's just worked out worked out real good for us so far. Very cool, very cool. And I was kind of wondering, you know, leaving Drury Outdoors, you know, what what kind of was your guys' like, thoughts going through? Were you – I know, obviously, you're excited – um, branching off kind of on your own, but were, were you guys pretty nervous or did you feel pretty confident going out? You know, like, you know, we're going to do this and it's going to be successful or did, did you guys have any doubts or kind of, what was that feeling? Yeah, I think that anytime you step out on a limb, you're going to have doubt. You know, we didn't know nothing. We don't know nothing about that really about the outdoor industry and really the way that things work. You know, we, uh, We've seen some shows like Heartland Bow Hunters that we really liked, and we just thought if we could, if we can get the photography and all that they do, and just put all the pieces together and get them to, you know, produce our show, and uh, we can keep killing big deer, that we might be onto something real good. So, you know, stepping out was a big step because you know it's kind of like you leaving your nest, you know, because we felt like we were, you know, doing pretty good with Drury and really enjoyed it. And, Really enjoyed, you know, the guys we hunted with, just the whole team out there, and Mark and Terry both. I mean, they're very supportive of everything we did. And, uh, you know, stepping out, it's kind of like starting a new job, really. Yeah, that's and, a good way uh, to put it. It, it. it just, you know, you got to take a chance if you're going to do it. You just got to take that, you gotta take that jump. And yep. Go big or go home, like right? The, the yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you hope you it know, pays off, you know, because <laughs> you don't want to yeah, leave a job yeah, and be like. Oh, yeah, go ahead. We both, we both have jobs and we both work, so we're not having to do it just to support ourselves, thank God. But uh, it's, uh, it's a tough business. I didn't realize how tough the outdoor business, the whole industry is, you know, and really how much all this stuff really costs, and we jumped into it. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, T- television's a whole other aspect. We're in the podcasting world, and you know you can spend a lot of money on podcast equipment to production to everything else, and you know times that probably by four when you get into the television aspect of it from advertising and oh, more promotion, than that, for sure. especially oh. especially just the hunting industry itself. It's right. so hard to get into. Well, one thing we were talking about before the show, David, is how good the Lindsay Way is on social media. I really enjoy all your guys' pages online. You guys keep – there's a lot of humor. You guys do giveaways. You, it's very interactive. Yeah, very interactive, and I think that goes a long way with the fans like that, and I, I'm a big fan. I, I really am. Well, good. We appreciate that. Jeff is uh, – he is very good on social media. I mean, we've had so many pet people just tell us who manages y'all's accounts, and really – Jeff does it, and he does a great job with it. I mean, all the promotions, all the giveaways, he comes up with his ideas, and man, he just—he's a master at it. I'll be honest with you, he really is. Yeah, I—I I can definitely see that for sure. And I talked to him um, last week a little bit and s- set up the the podcast, and yeah, he's great. He's definitely definitely good on social media, and it, it helps. It helps that you guys kill big animals frequently to feed into the social media because that is a. Uh, 
one big point um, that's very appealing to the fans, too. So, You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about killing big deer, and I said, you know, really what we do, and, you know, we like to go after the, the big racks just like everybody does, but we really hunt mature deer. I've killed a lot of mature deer that should have scored a lot better than they did, and, you know, it really don't make us better hunters than other people out there that shoot mature deer. It's just some of them, we just live in a great part of the country, and racks just grow bigger, you know, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're just... <laughs> That's just kind of the way it is. Yeah, er- Eric's from Iowa. Yeah. Me, me and Steve are from Illinois, and when you said that, Eric goes, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I'm the only Iowa boy here, so I'm surrounded by Illinois people. We we have an inside joke like, Eric always says there's bigger deer in Iowa, and we joke around we're like, well, there's bigger deer in Illinois, though. <laughs> and it's, it's just a running joke we do. But, yeah, every time someone's from Iowa, Eric's all excited, and he feels like he's Giddy. a part of something. Yeah, I think the biggest deer I see from Illinois, and we hunt Illinois a lot, too, because Jeff's got a farm over there. And uh, I think the biggest thing there is that, you know, the age structure, of course. It, I think you get the same genes or better maybe even in Illinois than you have in Iowa. They just don't reach the age that they do in Iowa. That's the whole thing to me. And uh, Yeah. I think the DNR can make some changes on that right there and make that a little better, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. David, oh, yeah. we couldn't agree more. Yeah. We, we say that very frequently on the podcast. And I'll, I'll agree with that, too. The The buck I shot last year was eight and a half, so he's had, he had some age to him. Big old Iowa brute. Now, David, I, w- I wanted to ask you, you know, you said you, you know, you grew up in the south and then you moved up here to Iowa. Um, you know, how was that, and even if it has, how was your – now, let, let me let me rephrase this. When you want to hunt, you know, has anything changed? You know, your style of how you hunt. You know, just the the days that you hunt. Has anything really changed since you were down south and and came up to to the Midwest? Or is it all kind of, you know, do, do you do a lot of the same stuff? You know, t- tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, growing up in the south and. The deer, of course, they don't get as big, you know, and they don't usually, you don't have the age structure you have in the south. So that's one thing. Now, now it depends on what part of the south you are from. You know, some areas of the south are better than others. But, yeah, you change a lot the way you do things. And, you know, hunting's changed so much over the last 15 or 20 years. I mean, I remember when I first started hunting, you just go get the tree. You didn't even have a safety belt. and You didn't worry about the wind or nothing. You just hope you see a deer because... There wasn't that many deer back then. Not that I'm that old. Now, don't get me wrong. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, really and seriously, that's the way it was back then. And then, you know, think about the wind and all the different things. And there's a lot of things that, you know, that's come online that you've been able to use now that really benefits you a whole lot. And knowledge of the deer is the biggest thing, you know, knowing the white-tailed deer and being able to work around them. I mean, to me... That's probably your biggest factor. You can take all the other stuff and throw it out the window, but you still got to hunt those deer, and they're going to smell you, and you got to figure stuff out and make it work for you, you know? Yeah, definitely. That was a That's great a good, answer. Good, good way to put it, yeah. Um, I want to talk deer, a little... The, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the deer in the south, you know, 
I always had this joke about them, the, the does, they walk out in the field and they start looking up in the tree. I mean, they don't even have to smell you. They just like, they know something's not right. And I think in the Midwest, those deer are a little more laid back, you know. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit tougher in the South. Do you think that's because more hunters in the South? or? I do. And, you know, it's got a lot to do with the weather. It's always warm in deer season in the South. You get that cold front coming in in the North, and it blows your sense out real good. And they just don't get the pressure in the Midwest, most of the Midwest, I should say, I guess, as they do down in the South. That's a good way to look at that. I've never thought about that. Yeah, I haven't either. Because once it gets real, real cold up here, not a lot of people <laughs> want to be outside hunting. All right. Yeah, most of the time when you're in the south hunting early season, you know, it could be 70, 80 degrees, and it's like you don't have any wind, and your scent just lays there. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a good point. Never thought of it. But you could probably say that hunters from the Midwest are probably better hunters than in the south. Well, because, you know, <laughs> look how big the deer are, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it can all be tough. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. no doubt, sure. no doubt. Um, David, I want to talk about your buck because I, uh, I was looking through pictures and stuff, and I fell in love with one of the deer you shot named Dynamite. He has a framed picture of that buck. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> I have a deer crush on Dynamite. <laughs> That's I good because Jeff's got some shirts made up. You need to get him to send you one. Oh, oh really? Oh, no. I guess I haven't yeah, seen those yet. We need those. Oh, no, I better. I better. <laughs> I looking at the picture of this deer is just it's what everyone dreams of when they see a big whitetail. What was going through your head when all that went down? When he walked in, I think probably the biggest thing is going through my head was trying to stay calm and just make sure I didn't mess it up. You know? Yeah. And uh, I really felt like I'd had an encounter. Um, with a big deer earlier that year, and you know sometimes they just they just shake you up more than others, and I I don't know what it is. Some deer just do me that way, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, or, you know, it's just buck fever or whatever. But I mean, I love the excitement. That don't get me wrong, but um, you know, just just having that deer come in, it was it was something incredible, no doubt. Just trying to think about holding it together was the biggest thing I had on my mind. Trying to get an arrow in him, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be on a deer that big, but I can only imagine. Just trying to hold your composure the whole time. Man, it's... Yeah, and you know, my biggest deer I'd ever killed before that was probably right at 170. So, I always wanted to kill a, you know, 180-inch whitetail, so it was like a dream come true for me. Wow. What did Dynamite go? What was his gross? He ended up netting uh, 206 eight. Uh, he grossed about... He grossed 206. I think he grossed about 213 when I shot him. He shrunk some to about 206 and some change. Amazing. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that's um. Everyone's got that big 200-incher on their bucket list. It's just it, it's definitely awesome. Um, man, I can imagine. And big mule deer. Can we talk about mule deer for a minute? Um, you've also got on some really really awesome mule deer lately. Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago we were in Utah, and um, this was our second year we'd been there hunting. And uh, I shot a good mule deer that, you know, then it scored about, I think it was right at 181. Nice. What's... And then the year before, I shot one about the same size. 
See, Utah seems kind of like one of the go-to spots for mule deer. Um, one of my really good friends, Jim Burns, went um, this last year and shot a 200-inch mule deer, and he'd been applying for that tag. He'd been building up preference points for that tag for, I think, about 20 Right between 20 and 25 years, I can't remember which, but he uh, finally went and killed himself a 200-inch mule deer. Um, so that definitely seems like the place to go for, for big monster muleys. Boy, it is. I tell you what, I, there's been a lot of good mule deer taken out of Utah the last few years. I've seen several 200 inches better. It's what, a great state. What gives gets you more shook up, like a big, mature monster muley like that or a, just a big huge 180 inch plus whitetail what what shakes you up a little more you think well i mean you know we kind of cut our teeth on whitetail now i like to hunt mule deer but you know hunting whitetails is just i don't know it's just there's nothing else like whitetails i don't think you could replace them i like to hunt too but still whitetails just got tops for me yeah i mean i can understand that grow up on them um, that's the thing. I, of course, I, I've never killed a mule deer. I've never killed an elk, never killed a moose, but that's all something I want to get after one day. But I always feel like, you know, white tails will always be my favorite because it's just what I've grown up on. And, and I have such a deep love for the white tailed deer. And they're he, right in our backyard. I mean, it's right there for us. Exactly. Um, David, in your opinion, you know, when you go from hunting a big mature whitetail buck to hunting a big mature muley is there a whole lot of difference there or, or is, it, is it kind of um relatable well you know the only experience i've had the last couple of years with mule deer and you know both times we're we're stalking or either we're you know we're hunting them in the morning we're trying to catch them going back to their beds same thing in the afternoon trying to get them up figure out where they're coming from the beds and the paths they're going to walk, go into the food. And other than trying to stalk them, which is really difficult in the areas that we've been, just because it's, you know, you got the Rocky Mountains like surrounding you, but it's a big old flat bottom that we're in. It don't have much topo at all. And just trying to slip through the two foot grass and slipping up on them mule deers. I mean, I give them credit. They're, they're a lot sharper than I ever thought they would be. And I kind of learned that the last couple of years hunting them, but whitetails you know just trying to figure out their patterns trying to hunt them i would uh i'd much rather hunt whitetails it's just in my blood a lot more than mule deer very interesting i wonder if like you know if you pick somebody up that grew up where there's primarily mule deer if they would say the same thing you know just opposite like they prefer mule deers which probably they would i would i would imagine so but um yeah, never gone mule deer hunting, but everyone, most of our listeners are primarily whitetail hunters, and I just thought it'd be interesting to see, you know, what, you know, how they relate, you know, because if you go, you always doubt yourself, I think, like, if I went out west to go kill a mule deer, I would be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know how confident I You don't I know what be. to do, really, I mean, it's it's all new. Yeah, you, that's, you just lack confidence in yourself, and you have your hunting skills, but it's a different area. Well, we've different... been hunting whitetail, you know, for... 10 odd years you know and yeah. yeah jumping in it in one day yeah exactly um yeah i want to uh, i want to change gears here if i could uh david you know since we are a bow hunting podcast and we always like to ask what is your bow hunting setup what is your rig um what do you take out to the woods with you um i have a, i shoot a psd decree and right now it's still my my favorite bow you know, 
I try to keep at least two boats, and I, I got a carbon air, and I really have not been able to swap over from my carbon air to my decree just because, uh, I don't know, man, it just shoots so good. I'm just, it's kind of like my baby, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I hate to swap over sometimes. And, of course, I got it set up with a Trophy Ridge, you know, sights and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else you would, I could tell you about it other than that right there. It's just, it's a great setup, and it's just hard to put it down. Yeah, I can't blame you there. You know, if, if it works, it works. I mean, you know, you got. If the shoe fits, where, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you got you to use what you're comfortable with. And it's one of those things, not that you wouldn't be comfortable with the carbon air or, or whatever, uh, Bo, but once you find something, you find your groove, you get comfortable with it, just how you like it, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I don't wanna really want to move away from this. This right. is good. Um, and obviously it's working it, good. I, yeah, and I probably will swap on over to my carbon air. It shoots great, too. I just got to kind of shoot a little more and get my confidence built up in it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Man, yeah, that's tough, you know, and and for a lot of guys that uh, that are out there that, um, you know, that are that may be sponsored and stuff or just like something new. I mean, you know, once you get that that new bow and it just shoots so good, it's like, oh, cool. I get to shoot this for like, you know, 11 months and then I have to switch something over. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of see that, you know, why, you know, if you're if it shoots super good and you're putting monsters on the ground, you know, eh. I don't really think I need to change anything here, you know? Yes, that's right. It's hard to change the setup. Well, definitely, especially, I don't know about you, David. Do you get sentimental with your bows? Like, if you kill, you know, like the when you kill dynamite, did that bow all of a sudden just become extremely special to you, or is it something, do you not get that way with your equipment? Oh, yeah, I do. That's one reason I hadn't been able to put it down, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, you just get that confidence level built up in it, and it, you know, it's a mental thing, really. I know, but at the same time, it's just, you know, you just feel like you got it in the tree with you, and if you don't take it, you're missing something. Right. I'll probably take both of them. I'll probably take both of them to the tree with me for a while. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> hey, why wouldn't you? Hey, you gotta you gotta train it. You know, you gotta train the other bow to be like, hey. Well, yeah, See how this one shoots. Let you, them hang out for the, with each other. The bow that you have the sentimental attachment to will start to kind of like, all right, buddy, this is how you do this. Rub off on the other bow, <laughs> and then finally you can wean off and fly out of the nest, if you will. Yeah, change into the guards. Yeah, get, I'll get where you're going, and then you can take the carbon air and you know then kill another two hundred incher with it, and then it'll do that. It'll just train the next bow you get, and you just have to keep doing that. Yes, sir. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Wean the baby off the bottle, if you will. There you go. That's it. See, I always wonder because I'm super um, sentimental with my equipment and just really I'm, – I'm pretty superstitious. Do you have any, like, weird superstitions that you care to tell everyone about that you do? Because – I have a bunch of weird ones when it go, when it comes to going hunting. Oh yeah, and I was curious, someone that has killed you know a two hundred inch deer and these big mule deer. Do you have any little superstitions or things you have to do on your way out to the woods or things you do during the season? Yeah, I I don't know that I could tell you all of them right now, but uh, yeah, I really do. I, you know, Jeffrey, uh, just the other day we were in the basement, and I know you guys know what buckouts are. Mm-hmm. You know, we always feel like Buckeyes are lucky, you know, and 
um, Jeffrey handed me, he had a couple of Buckeyes in his hand, and he said, well, which one do you want? <laughs> and I said, the big one, of course, you know, because I like the big stuff, you know. Uh-huh. So I take the big Buckeye, and I look at his expression on his face, and I said, no, give me the little one. It's your turn, and I flipped him the big one. You know, not knowing which one's really going to be lucky or even if there's any nothing really to it, but at the same time, just being a little superstitious about stuff, you know. And yeah. Last year, um, it, it seems like every year it's something different. Like last year for me, my granddaughter made me this little necklace that said, I love Pawpaw. You know, and, and you it's, that's kind of something you really don't understand. You get to be a grandpa. It's a little different than your kids making it because it's kind of like your granddaughter. And everywhere I went, I had that necklace, you know, and I'd pull that thing out. And it seemed like, you know, just the deer would appear out of nowhere. That's so, cool. That's awesome. Had yeah, that was my lucky charm last year. Um, I'll probably keep it in my pocket this year again just because it was so lucky. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, you know, being a being a grandfather that you mentioned, um, you know, you see your kids growing up. Is it like um, – you know, I know we talked about, you know, you raising Jeff and, and him getting into hunting. I mean, is it is it one of those things where you're you're super excited to be able to take your grandkids hunting or, or are you gonna let are you gonna let Jeff teach teach the kids how to hunt or is that is that gonna be you? You're gonna be the guy doing that. You know, it's it's kinda like buying them their first gun. You really wanna do it, but it's kinda up to their parents, you know, because I don't know. We'll just have to see how that works out, I think, as it goes. Of course, I want to do it, but I've already, my granddaughter, um, she killed a nice 10-pointer last year. It's going to be on the next show uh, for Lindsay Way. And then my grandson, he's five, and he shot a doe last year. Wow, that's awesome. We're already introducing them to the outdoors. I mean, I just want them to love and respect it, you know, just like we have over the years. And, uh you know, I always feel like this about kids. You know, they're going to do something. They're going to be involved in something. Right. So why not introduce them outdoors and let that be what they're involved in and keep them busy so they don't go get into something else. And uh, there's nothing more that I would rather do than to be able to teach every one of my grandchildren the outdoors and bring them in, you know, to the sport and the love for it. Um, I hope I'm able to do that. That's awesome. Now, you yeah, said that's, you... that's great. You want to get your uh, your grandkids their first gun. Now, what what would their first gun be? You're thinking a three fifty seven mag, right? <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> you got to start them off right, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I'd probably start them off with a with a two forty three or something small. You know, and just try to um, try to you know help them to be good marksmen and uh, go from there with it. I think. There Definitely. you go. She- I don't have kids yet, and the thought of having kids and get them into hunting is very exciting for me. That's one um, of the things I look forward to in life. Yeah, that's you know I can't even imagine like how rewarding that has to be because I've already expected once I have kids, if I ever do, hopefully I do, and they get old enough to hunt, my priorities of killing deer are kind of done, and it's all about helping them. I can't even imagine the feeling of my kids' kids, yeah. my grandchildren. That's got to be really exciting for you to see you know your grandkids killing 10 pointers and getting into it and kind of getting excited about the outdoors i mean i don't really know what gets better about that i don't to me that would be like my life is complete i'm good 
I'm just going to help my grandkids. That's all I'm yeah. I'm here for now. And forgive us for not understanding, David. We're only 26 years old uh, all around here, so we're not thinking grandkids yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, when you have children, you know that. Of course, that's the great greatest feeling I guess you can have to have children, and even better to have grandchildren. Um, eight or nine years ago, I didn't have any, and now I've got four. So, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a great blessing to have them, no doubt. Sounds like Jeff's been getting busy. <laughs> Jeff needs to get busy. My daughter has my, my daughter and son-in-law. They have three, and Jeff and Ashley have one, and uh, hopefully many more. Hopefully, hopefully. So, yeah, it's better for Grandpa. It's, yeah, it's the best thing. You don't have to take care of them all yeah. day, every day. You just get to buy them the good <laughs> stuff and spoil them, and then and teach them how to hunt. And teach them how to hunt. Send them back home. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep, Papa gets to see him for a bit, and then you go back home, and uh, they get to deal with him for the rest of the night. So, <laughs> yeah, nothing like making memories, though. That's for sure. Yeah, there you Definitely. go. Definitely. So, what uh, what hunts you guys going on here, and over the next few months, and what one are you most looking forward to over, uh, over for this season? Well, next week we'll be in Kansas for uh, early muzzleloader, and we got a couple of deer in our sights out there. Hopefully. Um, We'll be able to connect with at least one of those. And the week after next, we will be in uh, Colorado elk hunting. Looking very forward to that. Awesome. Uh, October the 1st, you know, that's a big date for a lot of hunters. Uh, we'll be in our stands in Iowa for sure, Lord willing. And uh, looking, probably looking more forward to that, even though we go to these different places. There's nothing like home. And, you know, you work all year to put all your stuff together, and it's just it's nothing like being in your own backyard, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the benefit of this year is uh, October 1st is a Saturday. <laughs> Not too often that rolls around yes, a lot of it. But, you know, I know a lot of guys will take that that day off, even if it's a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Everyone Thursday should just have Friday. that day off. Yeah. Yep. It should be a holiday. Oh, yeah, it should be. It should be a national holiday no matter what day it falls on. Really, the first week of October should be, but it just don't work that way for everyone, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm traveling for work. I'll be in Kansas next week as well, um, not hunting. Um, I, if I can take my bow with me, I will. I'm hopefully going to meet some farmers out there. I'll try and score some ground in Kansas yeah, if I can. We'll see what happens. But uh, so, so, yeah, I mean – yeah. You guys aren't that too far. You guys aren't too far away from uh, the Quad Cities. It sounds like uh, we're just south of the Quad City area. Oh yeah, yeah. We're not. I, I've never been there, but I think when Tim, when we were on Dream Season, Tim and Sylvia lived there, and I think it was about three and a half hours away, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little less. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. So, uh, no, it's not bad at all. We want to uh, want to get into and, and you know tell everybody who's listening a little bit more about. Um, the Lindsay way, you know, we kind of, we kind of brushed up on it. You know, you guys got this brand new show on sportsmen's, um, you know, what's it, what's really going to set this apart? You know, what's the show all about? I mean, obviously you guys made, made a name on, on dream season and now you're branching on your own, you know, tell us what is, is so special about, um, why you guys wanted to do this and what we can expect. Well, um, I think that the biggest thing about it is, is that, you know, Jeff and I, of course, being the main characters of it, and then 
we're incorporating our family into the show as it goes along. We're really primarily just for whitetails. We're going to throw some elk in there and some mule deer hunts in there along the way and maybe a couple other animals, you know, but we really focus on whitetail and uh, just kind of show, you know, how we've been blessed in our life and how we hunt and the way we do things. And, you know, we, we struggled with the name for a lot and we kind of come up with the Lindsay way and it's, it's, it is kind of the Lindsay way. I mean, this is the way we do things and we don't feel like it's the only way and not that we do everything the correct way by no means, but it's just our way. You know, this is the way we do it. So it's the Lindsay yeah. way. So, you know, it's so many different, so many people, you know, do things so many different ways and successful. And we just hope that, you know, some of the stuff that we do and that we can share our passion for the outdoors and our love for wildlife, we can just let everyone else see it and pass it on, you know? Yeah, that's the, that's awesome. That's, that's the best way to put it. I mean, it's kind of cool seeing the way other people do it and the way you guys do it and kind of give a different point of view. You know, and you'll hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, people can look back at this and they can see, you know, how Jeff's matured in it, of course, you know, and uh, Cash and the grandkids have grown up and a lot of people watch them and see them over just like, you know, Jay Gregory and his son Wyatt. You know, you get to watch Wyatt grow up hunting and mm-hmm. Taylor, Taylor Drury, you know, getting to watch Taylor grow up. And, yeah, you know, hopefully people can look at that and see the same thing with our children, you know. Definitely. We had uh, we had Taylor on uh, way w- early on when we first started, um, and it's it's really refreshing to see you know um, you know the youth this generation getting into yeah because I say the youth and you know here we are Taylor's just like you know four years younger yeah. than us so it's not <laughs> so you know it's not that far off but um, you know I I can always appreciate when um, when family gets involved I mean I think that's you know that's where Hunting, that's what it's all really, about. Yeah, it's a, you know, back in the you know way you, back in the day, you know, when cavemen were up, you had to hunt to survive. And well, that now too. You but can, now, if you just erased all social media, all of this, everything, you know, families would still be doing this, and it'd still be family traditions. You'd still and be passing it you, on. You'd still be getting your kids and your grandkids into it, and it lives on forever, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it'll never go away. And we're one big family. All hunters are, and. Anybody that's against it, you know, we'll stand up for what we love, and it'll always be around. Yes, sir, we are. You're right. It's uh, we got to stand up for what we believe in and what we love, and uh, we got to be able to share it, not be jealous of other people, but you know, just compliment people on what they do, and wish everybody the best of luck, and really mean it in our heart, you know, and uh, just move forward with this sport, you know, whether you're hunting with a gun or a bow, it don't matter. Um, if you're hunting, that's the main thing. And, you know, introducing it to the next generation is probably one of the most important things that we all need to do, not just our children and our grandchildren, but anyone that we can, because if we don't, it's going to be a dying sport at some point in time. Definitely. Very true. Um, where can people find you guys? I mean, Sportsman's Channel, um, My Outdoor TV, social media. The yes, we're on the Sportsman Channel. Our show airs five times a week right now. And, uh, of course, Facebook, you know, Jeffrey has all the Facebook, um, Twitter, and uh, Instagram accounts. Everything he does at all, very good at it. And, you know, you can just look us up, the Lindsay Way. And we, we love for people to 
let us know what they think about the show and tell us all about it. And we, Jeff, real good at responding and getting back to folks with any kind of questions or anything you know they might have. And, awesome. And I might add uh, another form of social media that you young kids, you know, four years younger than us, uh, Snapchat, the Lindsay Way. Oh yeah, yeah, gotta, they're on Snapchat. Can, oh man, I got to get you oh, guys yeah. on Snapchat. I'm not, I'm not on that yet. I need to. I'm gonna do that right after this episode. Yep. David, do you have Snapchat? Well, I do, but I really don't use it that much. Usually, I'm so busy doing other things that you know I'll look at it sometimes. But for the most part, I'm not in it much. <laughs> I I love how like social media has went th- from uh, you know, and this is. This is kind of a thing that, you know, has happened with the hunting industry. And, um, you know, you used to have to go buy DVDs, you know. Or rent VHS. Or rent VHS. And they'd be three hours long, and that's where you'd get your hunting. Then it got moved to shows, you know, where those would be like 30 minutes. Then it's all kind of Instagram, where that's like a couple seconds. And now it's like Snapchat. Ten seconds. Everything's just getting so much more brief. And, you know, I kind of... I, I don't know. I, I kind of Whitetail Adrenaline does a really good job of that um, when Jared puts out DVDs. But you know, just that, that that the length of like programming that you could get in one bundle was always like super cool. You know. Well, that's the beauty uh, the beauty of my outdoor TV, which the Lindsay Way is on or will be on here. Um, we're t- I was talking to Jeff about that. That's what I love about that app. I can get on there anytime and watch hunting shows. You can watch multiple episodes as many times as you want. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. So Yeah, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on this. I think it takes like six months after your show starts airing before to be on, before to be on there. Yeah, I think that's what Jeff was saying. I can't wait for your guys' show to be on there. I'm going to probably binge watch, and I'll watch it all on a one day, and then I'll be like, man, I want more. I need more now. So yeah, then I'll wait till the next season. Yeah, I'll yeah. Be, that's when I'll get you guys on Snapchat, and then I'll be I'll be messaging, messaging you guys like, hey, I need more content ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's about it's about got to the point where nobody's doing DVDs anymore anyway, so you've got to come up with some other way. That's for sure. Yeah, that makes me kind of sad because I've always been a jury outdoors collector, um, a real tree uh, production DVD collector. Any any DVDs or shows that I'm into, I, I buy them every year and add them to my collection. You still buy the hard copy now if you can. I still buy them. If I see, I'll go to like the Gander Mountain Cabela's Bass Pro and go through their DVD section and I'll buy DVDs just to collect them because I, I like I add to my library. Man, I'm a, I'm a hunting nerd. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same way. I'll still go buy some, and I'll sit there and watch them when I'm not doing nothing else or on vacation or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. there you go. One one quick question I got for you, David. How do you feel about watching yourself on video? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> some people, like, for yeah, instance. Yeah. You kind of watch, you watch yourself on video, and you think, do I really do that? <laughs> do I really like that? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you are. So, I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. It's not that, perfect. We're not perfect. I don't mean. Yeah, you should. Uh, is, I, I, that cracks me up that you I'll say it that I way. Do, I, I do laugh at myself sometimes. Well, yeah, well, we go back and listen to our podcast episodes uh, sometimes because we try to get better. Really. We do try to get better, and it's like... Yeah, usually it's Kurt yelling at me like, Steve, why did you ramble that long? <laughs> well, I do the same thing, though. I listen to my own voice, and I'm like, oh, man. Do I really sound like that? I, I sound awful. 
but it's uh <laughs> that's just yeah how it always is with everyone so you know um i mean that's the way it is i mean you know I, we were talking about you know getting stuff on uh you know like hard copies dvds you guys actually have some awesome products at your store that, that some of the best apparel ever I and have to, I yeah have to say. we, we want to hit this real quick before uh before we end this episode um and I believe we're going to do a hat giveaway. Yeah, we're going to do a hat giveaway on this episode, and then Jeff wanted to do another hat giveaway on his episode that we're going to do hopefully in a few weeks. We'll see what kind of schedule we can both work out. Um, I don't know what we want to do to do that hat giveaway. David, if you have any ideas. Um, we're kind of going by the fly. The yeah, and people's probably watched, I don't know, you know, not just the Lindsay Way show, but, you know, just take a guess of what my favorite deer I've ever killed was. Ooh. How about that? All right. So wow. they can either, they can message us, and then I'll send that over through you, David, or through Jeff, and then we can do the giveaway that way. Yep, that would be cool. Okay, That'd so just awesome. shoot us a message on Facebook, email us, or uh, message us on Instagram, and then I'll get in contact with the Lindsays, and then we'll pick a winner that way. There you go. Pretty easy. Right, that sounds great. Yeah, and, and, and if, yes, sir. if you don't win, uh, go to the lindsayway.com and look at the shop. There's the Dynamite Buck shirt with the American flag right there on the sleeve. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, get after that one. And then uh, we'll also, ones. in this giveaway, we'll throw in a working-class bowhunter koozie because you always need one to keep that cold one going. And uh, we'll throw in a couple stickers, too, with that yep. giveaway as well. Yeah, that'd be great. So, David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you, and uh, we are big fans. Yes, sir. Well, thank all y'all. I appreciate it very much, and uh, best of luck to y'all this hunting season. Yeah, you Same too. to you guys, too. I'm, oh, I... We'll check your Snapchat. We'll be sending you stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get you on Snapchat, David. Oh, yeah. David, stick around on the phone for a second. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode. We appreciate all of you. We have a group of new listeners that we exploded over the last month. Whoa. Oh, yikes. We got a beep. Anyway, we, uh, we've had an explosion of new listeners and downloads. and um, We just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thank big you. thank you to everyone that supports our podcast. We do it because we love it, and it's great. We get to talk to awesome people, meet a lot of people, and great feedback from uh, people who listen. Um, it really means a lot to us, and uh, good luck to everyone this season. And one thing, you know, go shoot your bow. Thanks, guys. We love you. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.